Hey, welcome to the Ethnos Your Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in Highland Park and New Brunswick. A part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Humility, is the third in our series called Surprising How Easter Changes Everything. Well, to start us off with this special unique week of Easter, um, today is what is traditionally known as Palm Sunday. It is the Sunday where uh, you'll see in a brief moment where uh, Jesus enters into his final week on this earth before he dies, and uh, a number of things happen on this very unique day. Uh, And so today we have uh, Young, who's going to guide us in our time in the teachings and life of Jesus. And so I'm going to invite up Young, and um, let's give him a hand real quick. And let me just explain really quickly uh, what we're about to do and who Young is, just in case you don't know who Young is. First of all, uh, we are about to jump into the teachings and life of Jesus. Uh, the reason we do this, of course, is because we believe that the spiritual well-being of our city does need a guide. We need somebody to guide us through. And while there are some great guides and ideas out there that are, are very good, we believe there's something unique about Jesus that he provides us. And so we take every week... Uh, we take time to study the life and teaching of Jesus. And so that's what we're doing here today. We'd love to, for you to bring your ideas and your thoughts, of course, to the table. Uh, if you don't subscribe to Jesus, that's no problem. Second of all, uh, we have Young here to guide us. And just in case you don't know who Young is, Young is what we call a resident pastor. And what that means is much like a medical resident, for those of you uh, who are in the medical field, uh, a medical resident or a resident here at Ethnos is here to learn some key things before they go out and practice on their own, so to speak. And so Young is actually halfway through a two-year residency here with us. And after the second year, he will be, along with uh, his wife and maybe a few of you, Uh, He will be starting another ethnos community somewhere in our region, and so we're actually working on that uh, as we speak, trying to figure out where he'll be going. But we are just so fortunate to have you here, Young. We're thankful uh, for all the work you've done for us in this last year, and we're thankful for just hearing from you today as you guide us to Jesus. So thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, it's been already, it's already been a year. Uh, seems like yesterday that we began here. I've learned a lot. I'm more comfortable, a li- little bit more comfortable, <laughs> not a lot. Um, Jesus was only 30 years old when he began ministry, and he was done by age 33. He passed on to his father at age 33. If I can, if I can observe all of you, most of you are close to 30, right? Reaching there, and some of you are over 30. So Jesus was basically your age, around your age. He was not around my age, no, yeah, yeah. He did not walk around like an old man slowly. That's the picture we have of him, right? Calm and uh, acting old. No, he was 30 and he acted 30 in the worldly sense, okay? So he's much more like you than me, okay? But he did something marvelous, yes. Uh, and we celebrated next week, resurrection. But before resurrection, he had to die. 
So five days from today, he died. And a week from today, he resurrected. So today we call it the Palm Sunday, and I'll explain it later why we call it the Palm Sunday. It's just one week before Jesus resurrected, and that's the purpose that Jesus had on earth. And then he went up to heaven to be with his Father. Now, Jesus, as we will talk about it more, he was coronated on a donkey, riding a donkey. There's some depth of meaning in all that. It's about humility. So today's message, we will explain, we will talk about how to be humble, and we will explain how God, Jesus, rules with humility. So before we begin, I want to ask this question. Maybe you guys can discuss it. What is humility? What is humility to you? And maybe talk about what is humility in this world? How do they view humility? And maybe a little bit of what do you think Jesus thinks of humility? So I want you to take two minutes and talk to your partner, or yeah, two or three, and just discuss among yourselves, and we will come together in two minutes. What is humility? Anyone would like to share with us what humility? What do you think of humility? Humility, what it means to me? All right, so after this conversation, humility to me means being able to connect to your fellow man, uh, fellow human being, um, being humble, you know, being a part of the collective, you know? Nice, I didn't expect that. Pretty good, okay. Anyone else? Yes, let's give him a hand. Anyone else would like to share? Yes. Uh, we came to the conclusion that humility is a mindset in which you carry out tasks. So that you could do the same task, but you can have a, you know, a perspective of humility where you do it for certain motives, and then you can have uh, a more selfish motive. But you can still do the same task. It just how you think about it. Wow! Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's give him a hand. Jenny. Uh, so I think we were discussing that humility, like what I was discussing with some of the middle schoolers is like it's not thinking like too much of yourself and not trying to portray yourself as bigger than you really are. And we were, when we were talking about what the society think of humility, like we said it was difficult to figure that out because like the way that social media works and the way like what you see, like you don't see humility in the things that a lot of people do. Like you see like people trying to get into a better place than they are now. Uh, but sometimes it's like it's done like the wrong way, and it's like a bad example. So yeah, we were. Wow, you talk about all that with your sisters. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Let's give her a hand. Anyone else would like to share? One more person, maybe. Oh, okay, Kevin. Yeah, I don't run like uh, you can. <laughs> uh, we talked about humility being. Um, the ability to wash your enemy's feet and have your enemy wash yours. Oh, thank you. That seems very deep. <laughs> thank you. Just give me my hand. Thank you so much for sharing. So today we will observe humility, what Jesus, how Jesus ruled with humility, and how we ought to live in humility. Now, some of you love history, right? My my wife, where is she? She loves history. And reading about and watching documentary, 
I, I'm not too crazy about history, but one interesting thing, if you, if you type coronation of Queen uh, Elizabeth II, you can see how grand the coronation is. All the important people, you know, moving slowly. Such an important and reverent time. And I typed some more, and Queen Victoria, her scepter had 500 carats of diamond. Can you imagine? Her crown, I did it, yeah, her crown, 300 carats of diamond. Isn't that crazy? So you have in England living in the slums of London, they're celebrating, yeah, our queen, and they love it. Why? Because it represents their own nation's power and glory. So even the people who are poor, and some of the reasons that because of the leaders were not so honest, but still they celebrate. They love it because this is my country, this is my, this is where I belong, and uh, it's powerful and it's glorious. So today what we want to see is a coronation of Jesus as the true king, not only of Israel, but you and I, everyone in this world. So we are going to see the story. Let's read the story first, and then we'll talk about it. So Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. I will read right through, and please just follow along. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. And I called the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So the story goes that Jesus tells the disciples, If you go somewhere, you will find a colt, a young donkey, and its mother tied. So bring it. And when the owner comes and says, what are you doing? Just tell him, Jesus needs it. The Lord needs it. And he will let it go. So it exactly happened. That's exactly what happened. And the disciples bring the colt, the young donkey, and its mother to Jesus. They took off their, clo their cloak, their robe, and put it on top of the young donkey and the mother. I think because they didn't quite know which one Jesus was going to ride. But Jesus chose to ride the young donkey, which never been ridden before. It represents purity, righteousness, perfection. Jesus had to be perfect. He had to be pure in order to die for an impure people like us. So he gets on the small, the young donkey, 
and he allows the mother to lead because the young donkey has never been ridden before. He, would not, he, don't, he wouldn't know how to follow instruction. So the mother donkey leads while Jesus is in the younger, young uh, colt uh, riding into Jerusalem. Now, there's so many meanings hidden in this. You see, the younger donkey is lowlier than the mother donkey. That's the tradition, that's Jews. And the donkey itself is an animal that's one of the lowest of the lowest. So Jesus rode on the lowest of the animals into his own coronation. Same with Jesus' birth. Why not be born in a cheap hotel? That's pretty bad too. But no, he was born in a manger, which is lowliest of the places to be born. So there must be a meaning behind all these things. So Jesus comes in in a cult and people praise. People sort of knew that that's the way he was supposed to come in. The king was supposed to come in. Because hundreds of years ago, yes, the prophet prophecy that the king Messiah would walk in, would ride the donkey into Jerusalem for his own coronation. So let's think about humility. Okay. Now, Jesus rules in humility. Well, what does that mean? With people with power, people with money, they can force people to do things, right? Your boss can force things to do, uh, for you to do things. The kings, the people in government, they can force you to do things. And especially the policeman has to force the law, enforce it. That's why you don't like policemen. I don't like policemen. But we respect them. It's a terrible job. But you see, Jesus cannot really force you to obey him. Why? Well, that defeats the purpose. God gave you the freedom to obey, to follow, to love God and love Jesus. He has the power to to force you to obey these laws, but then you wouldn't be the son, the daughter. You would be a slave. That defeats the purpose. He is the ruler. He is a king, and he needs you to follow him. He needs me to follow him. But using his authority and his power is not going to do it because he wants a son, a daughter. So we are going to read another passage. We are going to read... 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 to 4, it's in your handout. It says, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. And I skip some part, eager to serve, not loading it over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And then the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now, how does a shepherd rule over? How does the shepherd rule over? It says here, he serves, he sets an example. He serves and sets an example. These two ways. How does this work? Well, he serves, well, he served with his life. He served for three years, and then he gave up his life to serve you. Every single thing he did, as soon as you woke up in the morning, he did it for you and me. 
He gave up his life for you and me. He served us. And at the end, well, just maybe a few days before Palm Sunday, he washed the disciples' feet as a servant. So what does that do? What does that do? Now, you all know, if you have some conscience, if somebody has helped you greatly, don't you feel like, aren't you compelled to go and help somebody else? That's the normal reaction, isn't it? It's human to do that. So what Jesus did for us is, well, we cannot measure it. Well, the parable says he gave us, we are in debt of 10,000 talents. And each talent is one year's wage. In order to pay back what Jesus did for us, we would have to work 10,000 years. That makes no sense. That's why Jesus chose that number. So what do we do? We receive much and we are compelled. Oh, I received so much, then I'm going to give it back. Yeah, those of you who your mother tirelessly worked for you, served you, you have a much better chance of serving other people. That's the way it goes. So, the more you realize how much Jesus served you, the more you will serve others. Serve Jesus by serving others. So what does Jesus want you to do? He's commanding us. Go serve your neighbor. Go love your neighbor. Sacrifice yourself for your neighbor. That's your command. But he's not going to force you to do it. He's going to first serve you so that you're compelled to serve somebody else. That's how he works. So as I said, as a parent, as a future parent, if you want your child to do certain things, you have to do it first. Never works. You do as I say. Don't, don't do as I do. It never works. So if you want your child to do something, okay, what would, you, what would you like for your child to do? What would you like for your child to do? To be honest? Well, you got to be honest. Work hard. That's the big thing, right? You got to work hard. Then you got to show that you work hard too. You want them to study hard? Well, you better show your child that you study, even though if you, you don't have to study, but study in front of him. They will do, they will do, okay, as you serve them. So everything from the day you, from the morning, okay, to the evening, you're always serving. Why? Because God served you. Now, secondly, secondly, it says, be an example. Well, sort of serving and being an example is the same thing, right? Almost the same. Be an example. Jesus lived here for three years to be an example for us. He did everything that we need to do here on earth. So we read about it. People observe them. How do you want to rule? How do you want to rule your family? How do you want to rule a church? How do you want to rule a company if you're a boss? You set an example, and they'll follow you. You don't set an example, and you have a lot of issues, a lot of problems. So Jesus, in many ways, set an example for us so that we can follow him. Now the story goes on, and as Jesus sitting on the colt, goes into Jerusalem, people are yelling and screaming, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
So Hosanna means save us, King, save us, save us. Um, save us from what? What do they want salvation from? If you know the context, it's kind of obvious. They want salvation from the evil Roman Empire. They want salvation from poverty. They want salvation from the hardships and from sickness and the evil spirit. They want salvation in this world. This is a hard topic, isn't it? Were they saved? In some ways they were. Many ways they were not. Yeah. So people screamed at Jesus, seeing his power, seeing his authority, the words that he said, seeing how he moves the nature and seeing how he heals uh, uh, the sick. People expected the Messiah to come and overthrow the Roman Empire with power and authority, and he can do it. He has the power. But we know that Jesus did not do that. He did not do that. How disappointing is that? So if, if we begin Christianity with this wrong thought that Jesus will solve all of our issues, then we become very, very disappointed. Yeah, you believe in Jesus, circumstances do not change. Circumstances stays the same. But what changes? Circumstances do not change, but you change. The circumstance may be overwhelming, but then you change, and it is not so overwhelming, so that you can go right through it. I always like to speak it this way. If there is a huge problem, and you are on this side, and you're afraid, if Jesus takes away the circumstances and gives you everything you want, you stay there. You will not change. If the circumstances are there, and then you plow right through it, you come out the other side, and what happens to you? You have changed. You become a powerful person. Yeah. So what do you think Jesus would want? For you to stay here by Jesus taking away all your hardship? Or to come out the other side as a strong, strong, mature, spiritual, young, man and woman. Of course Jesus would want you to be on this side. Yes. So he will not take away the circumstances. In most cases, he will keep those circumstances, but he will change you. So people are screaming, yeah, finally the day is coming. We will be rescued from the Roman, evil Roman Empire, and we will live well. We will be the kings. We will rule over with authority and power. But that day never came. So what is this going? What is going on? What is going on? So the cloak that they put on the donkey and on the, on the, on the road, okay? They, put, they took off their robe and put it on the ground so Jesus can ride over it. It means submission, right? Take off your clothes, put it in the ground, people step on it, submission. People want to submit to the new king. We submit, we consider you king. And then they take branches, palm branches, you know those tall, like six-foot palm branches? They lay it on the ground for Jesus to ride over. What does that mean? Well, palm branches represent victory, 
victory. They're thinking worldly victory. Jesus is thinking earthly victory. So the ultimate act of Jesus was dying on the cross. That was the ultimate sacrifice. Obedience to death. What did he do on the cross? Well, he freed you, didn't he? He freed all of you from sin, from the consequences of sin. And now you and I, because of his death, we're all saved by faith. So what is going on there? Because of his obedience, because of his sacrifice, giving up of himself, he saved you and me. That act of humility, that act of giving up of himself, saved you and me. How should we take this? How can we apply this? Think about this. The act of giving up of yourself saves your neighbor. The act of giving up of yourself saves your neighbor. Sacrifice. So Jesus says, give up yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. The moment you give up yourself, yes, Antonio is not here today. <laughs> he and I are talking about that. One person gives up his life for someone else. This happened in Venezuela. He was showing me a video. It's a wonderful video. A pastor goes in, gives, gives all of himself, gives up himself, and he builds a community. The whole community transforms. One person who dies will transform, will save people around you. Now, giving up of yourself is not easy, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sell everything you have and follow me. Rich young ruler said, no, can't do it. Sell everything that you have and follow Jesus. Give up yourself, give up yourself and follow Jesus. It's not easy. You live for your neighbor every moment of your life. You live for your husband. You live for your wife. You live for your children. You live for your, each other here. Live for the people in your workplace. My life belongs to Jesus, belongs to our neighbor. Doesn't sound very good, does it? What about me? What about my joy? I want to do things I want. I want to find some joy in this life. We, we think this way, don't we? What happens if you try to find your life? What did Jesus say? You look for your own life and you for your own happiness. You look for something in this world, whether it's success or money. You try to, try to find yourself so hard. You work and pursue it. What happens? Jesus says you lose your life. We think that if we just, yeah, work hard, we will find that joy at the end. But it's just not there. You know that, right? So where is joy hidden? Where is glory hidden? We read about glory, right? Where is it hidden? It's hidden behind giving up of your life for the sake of your neighbor. So you start living for your neighbor. Oh, wait, joy is right there. You sacrifice yourself, your money, your time, your energy for your neighbor. Wow, joy is right there. Glory is there. That's what we read, didn't we? The chief shepherd appears. You will receive the crown of glory. Do you think there, there's no difference between glory and joy? It's one and the same thing. 
You seek your own glory, you will not find it. Strangely enough, you give up that glory and say, I give up my life for Jesus, for my neighbor, and you will find that glory. Jesus gives it to you. You will find that joy, contentment, fulfillment that we all so long to look for, to have. So Jesus shows us as a king. He shows us in this world how we ought to live, to serve others, to be an example Give up our lives. And behind all these things, there is glory. There is joy. Let's take a few moments to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all the things that you have done today for us. Thank you so much for the people who have served tirelessly to make this happen each week. Thank you so much for the brothers and sisters who are here having fellowship in you. And we continue to ask for your blessings for the each day each moment help us to imitate you help us to be humble and live in humility each day thank you in the name of jesus we pray amen thanks again for joining us for today's conversation for more information about ethnos new brunswick please visit us at ethnosmb.com